How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Artist Network. I'm your host, Brandon Schloss, and this is episode 26. In this episode, I bring on Boy Loco. Boy Loco, also known as Sebastian Guerrola, was born and raised in San Salvador, Salvador. He now finds himself in LA, where he's building his music portfolio, producing and engineering, mixing, mastering, doing everything in the studio for smaller artists, and he has built an an amazing, I guess, music gallery, or you, you could say discography for himself as well. He has uh, bilingual music. He has both Spanish and English music, and is widely known as the boy with the golden voice, <laughs> and he is called that for a reason. His vocals are incredible. He sounds beautiful, and I really don't say that often, but uh, just flipping through Instagram and then you hear his voice, he, he really grabs you and you just want to keep listening. Bringing him on here was something I had to do because not only is he an incredible musician, but he has some incredible stories to his life and how life has presented him with the possibilities and abilities to pursue music, but also how he he has taken divine intervention and has not ignored it, but used it to his advantage to recognize when it was time to move on from his prior life and to only focus on music and pursue it with everything he had. So that's where he finds himself now. And I think bringing him on here was honestly long overdue because I've known him for a while now, maybe like two, three months, and I think getting him on here was just an incredible experience. So this will definitely not be the last time. Boy Loco, Sebastian, you're going to be on here, man. So without further ado, Boy Loco. Boy Loco, thank you for coming on, man. What's up, y'all? Thanks for having me, Brandon. Most definitely. And uh, how are you doing right now, man? Hey, I'm great, man. I'm chilling, you know, relaxing. I'm actually, uh, I just got off a little YouTube sprint and I'm about to go into a mix after this. But, uh, you know, I have to relax myself a little bit, you know. For sure. What, what are you working on right now? As far You said uh, you're mixing something? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I work as an engineer, like, during the day. So I'm, I'm mixing one of my client songs, actually, um, that we just worked on today. Um, it's going to be coming out pretty soon. His name's Heaven Above All. He's my homie, too. Check him out. <laughs> oh, man, I love Heaven. I've got him on here a couple times before. He's a great guy. Great yeah, guy. Yeah, dude. I'm Heaven's so fucking full awesome, of energy. Man. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah, dude. I, I, Yeah, dude. Heaven's the best, man. He's actually staying with me. You know that? <laughs> he's moving in with you? It, no, he's been staying here. I've, I've been, like, you know, helping him. Like, he's basically, like, couch surfing over at my place. Uh, he helps out with bills, you. though. He's a good guy, man. He's a good guy, you know? De- that, definitely. Dude, yeah. that fucker offered me. I didn't even tell. I was chill with him, and he was like, bro, I want to pay you for that. Like, stay here. You know <laughs> oh, I, mean? I love it. Yeah, I that know, sounds dude. like heaven. Yeah, bro. That definitely fact, sounds dude. like heaven. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. So if you want to explain to the listeners, what kind of, like, a musician are you besides, like, a an engineer and producer? I know yeah. uh, I know that you are an incredible singer, but if you want to let people know and, uh, <laughs> what you do. Thanks, man. First of all, thank you, bro. Uh, I appreciate the compliments, man. I have a passion for singing. I've been singing, like, 
since I can remember. You know, I've just always really enjoyed doing it. So I'm really glad when like other people can enjoy the singing as well. Um, so thank you, first of all. And yeah, man, I, uh, you know, I produce and I engineer um, and engineering is basically like how I pay bills. But, um, you know, mixing and mastering, mostly I do run sessions as well, but I'm mixing. I'm mostly a mixer. Um, but aside from that, uh, yes, I am a musician, an artist, first and foremost. I sing um, and I'm a songwriter, actually, before even a singer. Well, I don't even know. I think they're kind of equal. But uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I love making music. And uh, I just I, music to me, bro, like the way I the best way I can put it for you is like it's therapy to me. You know what I mean? Like it's like I'm like I said, I love singing. I've been doing it since I can remember. And like if I don't if I don't sing like Bukowski says, he says, you know, if he doesn't write, he feels sick. Right. It's kind of like the same way with me. Got it. And what genres would you I mean, not to like put you in a, in a category because I know like. Uh, comparing is like the death of appreciation for music but what yeah. what are you what are you closest to as far as because i know you are a bilingual singer so you you have multiple genres that you can fit into right correcto correcto <laughs> i am bilingual um spanish and english are both basically like my first language um you know i can't really say either or is my first um, and uh, I guess genre wise, you know, I, I guess I can get into the genres I appreciate because, right, like I think like the genres I appreciate definitely influence um, my own style of music and, uh, uh, you know, trap. I love hip hop. I really do have a huge appreciation. That's actually what I mostly mix in the mixing world. I mostly tend to stick with hip hop. I do some rock, some pop. Um, a little bit of R&B too, you know, I've even a little metal actually before too. Uh, you know, I do everything, but like I tend to stick with hip hop and uh, I really have a huge appreciation for hip hop and trap, especially if you can consider that a genre, you know, um, I really like trap music. Uh, ever since the first time, dude, <laughs> the first time I heard, I heard an 808 for the first time when I moved to the US when I was like, I was 15. Yeah, I was 15 and I moved to the US and that was the first time I ever heard an 808. And uh, I was just blown away, man. I was like, what the fuck is this instrument? I was like, what is this? <laughs> this is like a war drum, you know what I mean? Yeah, it just, yeah. It felt insane. And so ever since then, I've been stuck. And on top of that, like, you know, I, I really liked the, the melodic like flows because the first song that made me hear that 808 is uh, Ray um no type that's the first song i ever heard with an 808 dude the yeah. first song ever in my life that's, so. that's funny that's really i know funny. and i was like what is this you know, i was like this is crazy this is dope it was super dope man i liked it so yeah first like hip-hop and trap i have a huge appreciation for the sonics and also as i started getting more into it the lyricism just really took root in me and i'm like these guys are freaking poets man and they're telling these incredible stories and yeah man it, it, it's great um, aside from that, I, you know, I was, I was raised on disco and classic rock and, uh, classic like, crooner songs, you know, like Sinatra and, uh, Bill, Bean Cosby and, uh, I almost said Bill Cosby. That's funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, man, uh, classic songs. And then aside from that, um, I don't know, you know, I've always, I mean, we all listen to the top 40s, right? <laughs> even if we, even if we claim we don't want to, we'll, we'll vibe. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, I've, I've been influenced by tons of different things, pop, uh, R&B, trap, hip hop, uh, 
classic crooners, um, Spanish, of course, cumbia, man, uh, reggaeton, definitely. And uh, yeah, just lots of stuff. Because that's pretty much, in El Salvador, you know, that's what I like everyone listened to, you know? Right. So, like, and at every party, you know, it's a huge, like, like party culture like everyone it's always about celebration you know what i mean it's like everyone's always dancing and fucking mm-hmm. hitting pinatas and shit <laughs> yeah no, no I'll, I'll take that segue now and uh if yeah. you want to explain life in san salvador el salvador for uh, sure bro. how was like that for you how many years were you there first off um so i was there uh let's see 15 years technically like 13 because I did when I was like really little when I was like six years old I moved to Texas to Allen Texas for like a year and a half two years and then I moved back but you know I I still would go back in the summers and stuff so technically like 13 years but it's more like it's more 15 years I was there till I was 15 years old basically got it yeah and uh how was life there um damn man it's uh first of all it's it's such a beautiful country. I will say that like one of the reasons actually why I moved to California um, and why I stayed here, you know, is because it's damn, it just reminds me the topography, you know, just reminds me of El Salvador, uh, El Salvador, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. you know, you got the mountains, you got the beach really nearby. Um, it's beautiful, but yeah, El Salvador is just full of natural beauty and, uh, dude the mountains the volcanoes we have a we have a freaking lake that's um like the it, it's a volcano well it was no it is a volcano but it's inactive now right got it and yeah. it's like crater you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the, the the crater of the volcano over millions of years because it was inactive it got filled by water and uh now it's it's this beautiful lake called Guatepeque, and it's just dude it's absolutely gorgeous like Ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna low key send you some pictures, man, so you can appreciate it because it's 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 a sight to see, man. I'm telling you, and oh you know, yeah, send the, them, send yeah, them, man, for sure, bro. And aside from the natural beauty, dude, it's like um, the people, man. I I just love the people. The people are always just so sweet and humble, and they're very hardworking. There's actually so Salvadorans, um, uh, we're our nickname amongst other uh, Central Americans, right? is guanaco you call salvadorans mm-hmm. guanaco and guanaco what guanaco means man yeah all right so you know llamas right llamas right i know yeah i'm aware of that <laughs> you're aware of llamas okay so guanacos are like kind of like llamas right they're like an animal like a llama okay a guanaco <laughs> and basically what it is is it's like a it, 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 it's kind of like a llama, but it's like shorter and like fatter. So it's like stumpier <laughs> and it works really hard. So that's what they nickname us, man, because we're short and fat and stumpy, but we work really hard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like that, man. That's just, I always like like telling people about that because it's a really good way to like describe the people. You know, like the people of El Salvador are truly, they're beautiful, man. It's, it's, it's really an incredible country and there's lots of beauty to it. You know, I, it's one of my purposes in life, man, is I really want to bring awareness to the beauty of El Salvador. Because, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's been plagued by issues um, that stem from the evil nature of humanity. 
but you know that's a whole different subject and that is rooted right. in a lot of history that involves i actually wasn't even started in like the gangs weren't even started in el salvador i don't know if you know this but they were started in los angeles they never even el salvador wasn't the cause of the gangs but you know there's that's a whole different story but uh but yeah man uh it's a beautiful country growing up there i just was able to really be indulged by the beauty man i was wow it was incredible and uh uh, aside from that, like, I don't know how to, there's so much I could go into, man, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I just like to put it shortly, right. To put it in, in a sweet, short manner. Um, like me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the nature is beautiful. The nature of the people is, is beautiful. Most of the people is beautiful. Um, and it's, it really was a one of a kind experience that I, I'm always going to have such a love for, for my birthplace, my birth country. And, you know, I'm always going to want to see El Salvador do well, and I'm always going to want to help it. And there's a reason behind that. That's what I'm trying to like, I don't know if I'm communicating that enough, but like, you know, like I, there's a reason I care so much for it is because I've seen all that beauty. And I truly believe that like, you know, other people like y'all can all go experience it seriously. Like it's, it's, it's beautiful and it's not as dangerous as they say. You just have to know your way around. <clears throat> Call me, talk to me if you want to go. And like, I can set it up. I can, y- y'all will be safe. You know, it's, it, it's beautiful and you can enjoy it. And yeah, man, El, El Salvador was a great upbringing. Uh, I have lots of super fond memories from down there. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I can't wait to go back. Like, I went back. I hadn't gone back in four years, dude. And uh, I went back this year. But I, I only went for a week because I will say this. It's fucking cheap down there, man. Like, stuff is so cheap. So it's like I get scared because I'm like, I'm going to spend all my freaking money, man. <laughs> I'm gonna just go down there on vacation and spend all my money. So I made myself only go for a week, dude, and then back to work in LA. You know, um, but yeah, man, it's it's I love it, man. <laughs> what is it about the people and the the atmosphere there that is so different than probably anywhere in the U.S. And why do you think it is that way? I think a big part, right? I think you know this is just me trying to think pragmatically is mm-hmm. like it's probably the population right that's like that takes a big um because it is overcrowded and overpopulated but we're still a nation of six million individuals right seven million seven million i think now um so you know that's 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 not that's not you know the u.s is like 300 million citizens or people uh living inside of it right so that's it's <laughs> it's a big difference you know it's like a fifty thousand percent uh uh increase you know <laughs> so it's quite a it's quite a bit um but uh you know uh, el salvador is just i think since it's so small i think you get a lot like it, like everyone knows everyone man that's the first thing about it which is bad for certain things but it's also like i don't know there's like it's a very friendly and uh everyone's very i kind of compare it this is this might lead into your next question. I don't know, but <laughs> it kind of <laughs> compares to the South, man. It kind of compares to Dallas to like I I kind of saw the same like uh like sweetness and like just like it's like a humility that's like okay we're all in the fucking dealt shit cards, you know what I mean? So we're just gonna try to be nice to each other. 
I kind of see something like that. Because in El Salvador, you know, it's, 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 it's a struggling country and there's lots of violence and there's a lot of poverty and stuff. So I just, I, maybe that plays into it too, you know, where like everyone feels like they just have to be nicer to each other. I don't know. And it's not even necessary that other places in the world aren't nice, you know. Like this might all be super biased because I was born there. <laughs> right. Know? I'm used to no, that. No, no, no. No, it makes sense. <laughs> when when not- people who come to L.A., uh experiencing like a small town even in the united states or it's even more amplified when you're in a small country people say that everyone in la is just looking for the next best person so even when you're talking to them yeah (laughs) they're almost like looking over your shoulder all the time to see like who who else else is here oh who else is here you know i totally and I, i feel like it's almost just all fault to the extreme expectations here yes. in LA. Yes. And then anywhere else there's lower expectations, expectations. which exactly. it makes it, it like, realistic. More, realistic. Yeah. There's more <laughs> harmony. That I told dude, yes, I like that theory a lot. That's that's dude, facts, big facts, bro. I, I get that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. In LA people are always looking over your shoulder. That's bloody dude. I like this. <laughs> it's so true. It's just cause LA you're fucking surrounded by smoky mirrors <laughs> you know what i mean like, right dude people yeah. aren't really what they appear to be and everyone's trying to put this put out this image of what they think they're supposed to be you know so it's like i i totally understand man but i will say this i love la first of all for the topography second of all the people dude i love the people because you get fucking everyone like it's like the you know it's the edge of the western novel western civilization right so it's like you get all the fucking yeah everywhere you get you get you get every country okay comes to la like people from every nationality um come to la and you just get every all sorts of different characters the the land dude the topography is beautiful um and (laughs) this is dude this is where i make the most money bro i'm not gonna you know like this is where artists like come right and where artists like actually like artists were real about themselves because that's my biggest issue man I really try to work with these Dallas artists, but like, oh, dude, I work with a couple of them who are very invested in themselves. But my one complaint about Dallas uh, artists is that a lot of them, dude, they don't invest in themselves, like, and investing both financially and with energy, dude. You know, it's like, I really right. don't see this push. And I think a big part of it is just, you know, because in LA, like I always say, living in Hollywood is very motivating, right? Because it's like mm-hmm. I wake up every morning and it's like, all right, what the fuck are you doing, right? <laughs> you know. Meanwhile, in Dallas, you can kind of get content because, like, even if you aren't really doing anything, but you kind of got a little talent, you can kind of be like, okay, I'm like doing way more than everyone else. But in LA, it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. In LA that is probably one of the biggest pros to yes. being out here is that Motivation. you can yeah visibly see everyone else working hard and uh I, I believe this is one of the best places in the world to to work your way up and as quick as quick yeah quick the way as possible absolutely and, dude absolutely and, and, and uh, in the most effective yeah. manner too i agree bro. yeah there you go like huh, totally bro i 100 percent. and and this is you know this is where everyone comes like Dude, I so I recently actually like completed a one-on-one mentorship. Um, shout out Donnie Baker at ES Audio. He was my mentor, 
And for six months, I was hit with him. Um, and we did a one-on-one mentorship. And I was in there, dude, like basically six days out of the week. I was the first one like to come there. I would be like there like 12 hours a day, bro. You feel me? Like even if wow. I wasn't the first one to be there, I'd like stay there until he was closing down or until he was like, okay, I think we should wrap up, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I just always wanted to be there and be learning. I learned so much, dude. You know, that's uh, I, I acquired so much knowledge just learning from Donnie and learning from you know he, he's one of the top engineers in LA. Um, he's been doing this for a while now, like twenty five years, man, and he's really good. And I wouldn't like the artists he's been able to work with, and you know the 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 production companies do the the big labels that he's been able to work with all this stuff it's not i don't see that um like i wouldn't have been able to see all that and gain the same knowledge if i would have stayed in el salvador most definitely not dude and then um in dallas neither because like dude everyone who's like talented and who's like wants to become something they you know they move out here right (laughs) yeah yeah so so you know like that's what that's what i've been seeing man it's like I, I'm I'm really grateful for all the all this all the knowledge, man. LA has given me a lot of knowledge, man. I sound like fucking Ty Ty Lopez or whatever. His name is. <laughs> knowledge, yeah, <exactly. laughs> but it's true, man. It's so true, dude. Lots of knowledge gained here that wouldn't have been gained otherwise. But now I want to do that. Like, fuck, man. I want to I, I want to make that for everyone because there's people, bro, who like. You know, like in the U.S., I think if you work hard enough and if you believe in yourself, I mean, there's a statistic that says um, that if you maintain a job, if you don't have a if you don't go to jail and if you don't have a child outside of wed, outside of uh, marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that you will statistically like do better off than where you started. Right. That's that's in the U.S. That's like I don't know. It seems like, uh, at least coming from my background, it's one of the only countries where that seems to be true. You know, and so it's like, um, I truly believe that in the U.S., you know, if you want to, you can reach other places. But I, you know, like you can come here and you can get this knowledge if you need to, like I did. But but in the rest of the world, man, that's not that's not a possibility. You know, and and I really I think it's sad because like you know like shit i may be talented but dude i bet dude i know there's people that are way more talented than i am and if they had the knowledge that i have like the music and the sonics and just the the art that would be created that would be able to touch people and change people's lives you know it could be amazing and and in people's own languages you know what i mean because because dude that's the thing mixing is such a big part of music and it's like i truly i I didn't understand it first, but like, yeah, I, I know it now as a fact. It's a mix can just make all the difference in the world. Like if you, you can even go today. I think it was, I think it was today. I watched it today um, on my little YouTube binge. Um, Here comes the sun by the Beatles, right? It actually just got remixed. Uh, a new mix was put out this year and I compared it to the one that was put out in 2009 and wow man it's such a big difference and it's just in the mixing and the mastering you know it's it's pretty amazing to be honest and it's it just gives like the song is you're just able to feel it so much more you know what i mean and it's just uh it's 
if, if a lot of these, like in my country, in El Salvador, dude, there's a lot of really talented artists. I've heard these people, they're so talented and they have this raw talent in them and these stories to tell. And the mixing is just so bad. <laughs> people don't have techniques. People don't know the proper, they don't have the proper knowledge or the proper, well, you don't even need the proper equipment, Loki, man. Everything I do is on my laptop pretty much, you know? <laughs> so, um, except for like good microphones and stuff, but you can still, you know, I mean, with, with the technology available nowadays, man, you can really make a solid record out of pretty much nothing. But, um, but you need the knowledge, you know, and, and they don't have this knowledge because the people with the knowledge are all in LA, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but what what is it about the mixing and mastering? Uh, I guess if you can put in like a brief, uh, kind of like intro level way, like what what is it about it that's so important? The best way, dude, I can put it for you. I'm gonna try to explain, but first, the best way is definitely just listening to like something that hasn't been mixed, right? And then afterwards, listening to something that has been mixed. And like, I have, I'll send you my, I'll send you a link to my website. It's SebastianGirola.com. Like on there, bro, like you can literally see um, like a before, multiple before and afters of uh, clients work that, you know, it was before it was mixed and then after it was mixed. And it's like, gosh, man, it's, it's, it's such a difference. Like to put it into words, it's, it's, it's the feeling, right? I think that's like the best the best way to describe like you know how when like you're listening to a song like a really good song like dude like right now like if you if you're into like heavy 808s and stuff and you know you're into like hip-hop like um the new so oh dude yeah the new young thug album bro oh my goodness the mixing in there is 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 phenomenal and you know of course um it's young thug (laughs) but basically right. like what, what what like you like if you play any of his songs that like have a nice 808 in them like it slaps i don't know if, like <clears throat> i know that's terminology that's used nowadays and many people use it and it's like very like vague low-key but it's it, it is a good way to describe it it's like it, it just it, it makes you feel it's intense it's intense but it's controlled you know it's intense but controlled it. and it just makes yeah, it, i like that it hits you perfectly you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Like, 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 that's what mixing is supposed to do. Um, it's, a, it's a way of basically taking all the sonics of the song and morphing them and mixing <laughs> them together to, to create the final outcome. It's, it's, it's how you basically, like, as an artist, the reason why I got into engineering is because dude no i was hearing these sounds in my head right and i was hearing how this stuff was supposed to sound and like when i would go to like a studio because i went to a studio a long time ago this is like part of why i got into mixing i went to like a professional studio where they did professional mixing and mastering you know (laughs) and uh like dude it did not end up sounding at all like what i envisioned in my head and so that just set me on this long journey to finally like discover like how, and, and that's what it truly is. Mixing is the art of like taking everything. Cause when you record it in the raw, right. And when you produce a beat in the raw, like you, it's kind of getting there, but it's, it's not sounding how you think it should sound because you're used to listening. The, what you're envisioning is, is a product of all the songs that you've already listened to during your whole life that, um, that are, 
that are masterfully mixed and mastered. You know what I mean? That they're, that they're just really well mixed. They're they're mixed by these like crazy amazing engineers. Um, and so you you just already have this like idea of what a mix should be. And so it's that that's what it is, man. It's bringing your your song truly to life sonically and quality. That's what it is, man. It's like it, it's it's quality for the main part, and and that quality is is what allows the song to translate like here man like if 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 no one knew how to fucking mix or if there were like barely any well mixed records then it's like mixing wouldn't matter our ears would be used to shitty mixing you know so it wouldn't really matter but since our ears are so used to this fucking amazing quality of mixing nowadays especially because the technology has made it so easy um or not easy necessarily accessible so accessible right um then 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 now if you have a song that is not mixed well dude like it's not going to be able to compare you're you're going to literally say it doesn't feel the same and that's exactly right. what it you, is you immediately write it off Ex- even if the lyrics and everything else Ex- are on point exactly 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 yeah. and that's even the common listener and especially like dude engineers like me as an engineer bro i can't listen like if i hear a song and it's not mixed well bro I can't listen to it. I literally right. will turn it off. And like, if it's one of my homies or something, like, you know, like I'll tell them like, bro, this mix is terrible. I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm probably not going to be able to fully appreciate the message you're trying to give me. Right. Mm-hmm. But I will try and I try, man. But it's like, oh, it's, it, if you have a proper mix, that just makes it so everyone can enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Facts. That was awesome. <laughs> So you briefly mentioned being in Dallas and that your transition to to LA and uh, origins in El Salvador. Now I want to know the things you've picked up along your way from moving to place to place that stick with you. And uh, yeah, man, go for it. I like this. Okay. Um, Wow, man. Um, I think El Salvador taught me a lot that you can't, don't judge first of all and um just kind of like try to love everyone because you never know what someone's going through and you know you we just got to be sweet to people always you know um that's I guess that's kind of what it taught me bro because I saw a lot of people struggling and I was close to a lot of people that struggled too and uh you know it just it just it taught me to just have love and appreciate too, right? And appreciate yeah. the things you have in your life. Um, and then Dallas, Dallas taught me, ooh, Dallas taught me, first of all, that, uh, let me go back, let me go to LA first, actually. Okay. Because I'm just thinking of LA for some reason. And then I'll go back mm-hmm. to Dallas. Go for it. Um, so LA taught me that like, the most important thing and the most important person you can have in your life besides God is yourself. Right. Um, that's, that's what LA taught me. Um, if God is even a person or if you can consider God a person, which I don't think so, but anyways, um, yeah, that yourself, right. Um, you're the most important thing. I mean, shit, man, you're going to fucking die alone. Right? Like at the end of the day, it's not like, Oh, you're dying. Oh, I'm dying too. We're not fucking Egyptian pharaohs, right? So <laughs> you're going to die alone. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So uh, 
you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be content with yourself. Cause, cause dude, LA taught me for, for the longest time in LA, when I first moved out here, man, I was, I really, I isolated myself and it, and it was truly a choice. I was, I wasn't surrounded by the right energies that I wanted in my life. And I didn't seem to be able to find them. And so I just decided to isolate myself. And that's really where I really started going hard with the music. Um, Cause I just, that's like pretty much all I had, man. It was like, like I said, it was my therapy dude for, for that while I was just fucking, I was in a bad place, man. <laughs> I won't get into details, but uh, I was in a bad place. I, uh, let's say this now I'm like, fuck sleep. Right. Before then I was like, bring it on. Let me sleep as much as I fucking can. <laughs> that's the best way I can put it, bro. And without getting into yeah. details. Um, and yeah, I just, I just, uh, LA taught me that like, if, 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 if you have a passion and you love yourself and you love God too, and you have, you have that guidance in your life and you have that higher purpose, then you're going to be able to succeed and you're going to be able to be happy no matter what, man. Like that's truly what he taught me. Um, and I guess if I, if I go back to Dallas, um, and then now in LA, dude, because of that, I've like really, uh, I've become friends with some incredible people, man. Like some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life, dude, really motivated, uh, stallion individuals. And it's all come from the fact that like, I was so, I, I had, to, I, <laughs> I wasn't, so I had to become so comfortable with myself. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. had to just really appreciate myself and not even appreciate but 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 challenge and keep striving with myself and that's what leads to appreciation man i really do believe that like because when you're able to 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 fucking prove yourself wrong you know and and when you're able to see improvement in your own life and see the fruits of your labor that's what i believe creates true self-confidence like there's only so much like talking to yourself and like looking in the mirror and being like i am beautiful or <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to do that's gonna like that only goes so far and i don't even think it goes very far right i think sick. dallas taught me a couple things man dallas mm -hmm. uh first of all i have a weird story so in 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 dallas this is kind of relates to um I, it's not a weird story it, it's actually kind of uh um linear timeline is kind of linear now that i realized it i thought it was kind of be sporadic you know but uh no it's pretty linear so when i got there um and i first i first got there that's what i first listened to <laughs> race remmert and uh basically because dude all summer um when i moved i moved there during the summer so i wasn't in school yet so i had no fucking clue who anybody was you know what i mean i didn't know anybody and uh, so I basically just had to, like, find out what the fuck to do. So, I, you know, I'd play guitar, I'd, like, write songs. That's, like, actually around the time that I started writing my first songs. Yeah, man, that's crazy. It was a little bit earlier, but I definitely wrote a couple of songs there. And I, I, started, I started, you know, uh, doing some recreational activities in the bathroom. Um, not masturbation. That sounds really fucking weird. Not masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh let's say i turned the hot shower on while i did this 
and whatever recreational activity I'm talking about. And I would spray this thing called fucking osium, right? And so while I did this recreational activity, I would listen to music. <laughs> and oh my gosh, that's where I heard the Ray Shremard song. So that's the first thing Dallas taught me. Dallas taught me about 808s. And, and then I got really into Jake Cole's, uh, what is that, 2012? What's that? What's that Jake Cole album, bro? Do you know what I'm talking about? 2012. Uh, what is it? 2014 Forest Hills Drive. It's 2014. I do, yeah, I do know Because that was it was 2014 when go. I moved, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's I got I heard that dude. Like if you go on my Spotify, all the songs are like insane. You feel me? I'm just I'm looking at it right now. It's funny. Um, and like no other J Cole album is like that. That's kind of fun. But <laughs> anyways, um, I heard that whole album and. Uh, I really loved it, man. I like that's where I kind of started falling in love with the lyricism of quote unquote trap because it was just it was trap beats, man. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't talking too much about the trap, but a lot yeah. of the beats. That's what it was, you know. That's you know, if we're honest about music nowadays, the instrumental is probably at least fifty percent of the song, you know. Um, so, anyways, um, I got so it taught me a lot about music. You know, because I just spent a lot of fucking time alone uh, listening to music. And uh, aside from that, dude, when I moved, when I got into school, bro, um, it was it was kind of a bitch at the beginning because I didn't know anyone. But then I started getting to know people because I was on soccer. I played I played sports. I played sports my whole life, man. It's another thing. Like, I think sports played a big part in just my formation as a person. This is a little side note. Um, they've made me very competitive, but also respectful. Um, I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if that's understood. And I guess a better way to explain it is it's like, okay. No, definitely. Facts. Yeah, I, gr- I grew up you playing get it, bro. You, yeah, exactly. It's humbling, bro. Hum- very it's humbling, humbling. And it's, it, but the competitive drive, I think always stays with you. And it's like, you want to, you want to win. Right. Right. (laughs) We don't want to lose. We don't like losing. So anyways, um, you know, uh, sports played a big part. And I played basketball my whole life, actually. But in El Salvador, um, like I was captain of the basketball team back in El Salvador in middle school. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, yeah, bro, I balled hard. bro. (laughs) I mean, I moved to the U.S. um, uh, in early high school. So um, I didn't really get much of a chance to. To, to keep going with my basketball career down in El Salvador, but I always played soccer. You know, soccer is like football in Texas, man. It's like religion. <laughs> everyone plays it. Everyone knows about it. Uh, it's like right. everyone talks about it. <laughs> and so, um, you know, when, when I uh, moved to Texas, um, I didn't play basketball because, bro, I went to my high school and I saw all the kids who play basketball, and it's like the shortest point guard was like six foot, bro. And so I was like, no, nah, I'm 5'9", man. I'm like 5'10 on a good day. <laughs> so, you know, like, I was like, ah, fuck this. You know? <laughs> and I was shorter back then, too, bro, because I was 15. You know, I was still, still, still maturing and shit. And so, you know, I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to do this. But I, I, I did soccer. I played soccer. I tried out for soccer because I always played it. And I ended up, I ended up making varsity and shit. And uh, it, was, it was good, man. I really enjoyed soccer. It was it was fun. I made a lot of friends through soccer, and then uh, so it, it taught me a lot about camaraderie and also about discipline too, man. Because I, I was also I was always disciplined with basketball because I, I really enjoyed it, 
and I like really wanted to be disciplined. But then once high school came around and you know, girls and partying became a priority, I didn't really fucking, uh, you know, make athletics too much of a priority. And so it taught me that like sometimes you know, because we had soccer practice at six in the morning, you know, every day, and so I had to wake up and uh, or at least four or four days out of the week, and so um I had to wake up and um really early and, and be there even if I didn't want to wake up or even if I had like you know done some crazy shit the night before and I really was not feeling like I could get up you know I had to man and so it really it taught me a lot about discipline and then moving on in high school once I because I ended up I ended up dropping out of soccer my senior year bro because I just got caught up with a lot of shit and uh I was I was more focused on the music too, and I was partying a lot as well. So that plays a big role into it. But uh, you know, I uh, one of the things that happened before then, um, around that time actually, is uh, that this taught me another thing in life, man. That wow, it's like connections and um, appearance. You know, it's it's it's. I've always tried to back away from it, man. And I've always been like, fuck, that doesn't matter. It's like, if you've got talent, if you can do this, it's going to shine through. If people know the true you, that's always going to shine through. But it's like, damn, man. In high school, bro, I always kept it 100. You know, I've always, I've always, I, I, I definitely admit that, like, at the beginning, I was struggling with self-identity issues. And this is kind of part of it, right? Right? Like, during... I'll tell you the story. My basically, I got a girlfriend, right? And there was this chick that like we, I'd see her at these parties because I partied, right? And you know, I partied a lot with a lot of different people. I, I just like people. I like I, I like fascinating people. You know, I like hearing interesting stories and relating with people. And I find that you can do that with any type of person. So it didn't matter. I would hang out with everybody, you know. And people would show like, bro, I was voted most uh, most easygoing. And most likely to be famous ah. <laughs> in my heart. But, um, and most likely <laughs> to be late to class. <laughs> but what's it called? Uh, you know, I would always hang out with people. And I, I just loved everyone, man. It doesn't matter who you were. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't really care, like, for, like, oh, this is, uh, they're, they're this type of person. And, oh, they're super popular or whatever the fuck. Fuck that, man. Like, what type of person are you? So I, there was this chick that, like, I kept seeing at these parties. And we kept talking and like, it just would always go really well, man. And I, like, we were getting to these like really intense, cool conversations. I was fucking fascinated by her mind, man. I love brains, bro. And her brain was really cool. And uh, I, uh, you know, like, like basically like she like invited me after one of these parties. She was like, oh yeah, like you should come hang out at my house. My parents are gone for the weekend. <laughs> and so she was like, let's go smoke and hang out at my house. So I went and we smoked and shit and then we like made out and shit. And uh, I was really awkward back then too. Like the first move was so embarrassing low key. I just like went for it. And like, <laughs> but she like, she like, she, I don't know. She was into it. She was into me, man. Into my mind. I like to think so. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, so, um, so it went well, man. And, you know, after that, literally the next day we started dating, bro. Like we were like super into each other. You feel me? And, um, and that was like over the weekend. Yeah. And so then Monday when I went back to school, bro, I was just like 
we had just started dating and I was just walking around the hallways and bro, like so many people that I had just never fucking even known in my life. You know what I mean? Or that like, I, yeah, that I didn't know, bro. I didn't even know. Cause my high school was big, man. It was, I mean, in El Salvador, I was in a class that was a hundred people, you know, it was like a hundred people per grade, 120 max. And this place was like 600 per grade. Right. So it was like a big jump. So for me, it was big. And on top of that, like, I grew up to calling everyone, you know, Maria, Juana, or Fernando, you know what I mean? And now it's like Mary, John, right. Jacob. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like a big, like, it's hard for me to remember names and shit. And yeah. so, uh, so just people I didn't know were just saying, hey, what's up, Seabass? What's up? Yeah, Seabass is my fucking nickname in high school. Seabass. What's up, Sebastian? What's up, Seabass? And, like, I, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, all these people, I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And, you know, but I didn't know them. And that just... It, I found out that, like, my girlfriend was, like, you know, apparently, quote-unquote, popular, you know what I mean? But, like, a lot of people just, like, knew her, like, were friends with her and stuff, and, like, so, and knew of her and stuff. And so that's why people suddenly were acknowledging me, you know what I mean? It, 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 it made me fucking just be like, yeah. what the fuck, first of all? And then also just, like, it, it, it was weird. And it was, like, for a sense, for a moment there, like, I was, like, happy with it. But then, like, after, like, it all passed, bro, like, after, like, now looking back on it, it's, like, it's so fucked, bro. And it's, like, I just, uh, I feel like, I feel like, but it, but it's real, right? There's things in life that are real, and it's, like, you can't deny it. And it's, like, I, 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 I did think it was fucked during the time because I was, like, what the fuck? Why do these people, like, like me just because, you know what I mean? They're friends with her. What the fuck, right? They don't even know who I am, right? So that would piss me off. Mm -hmm. Like, actually, uh, one of the people I'm very close to my sister, man, I love my sister, dude. Family, I love my family. Um, my sister, she just, she told me, she's like, well, you know, like, it's because they respect her, right? They respect her and they admire her and they, you know, they care for her and, and, and they're going to respect her decisions. And if she admires you and she cares for you, there's obviously a reason why. And that just, that started opening my eyes up to like, man, like, like it, it, impressions and just like, um how do i put it not even not social standing but connections i guess is a good way to put it and connections that's another you know what i mean like connection right. because that's just a connection and that's true connection mm -hmm. is not knowing not knowing someone by name it's not being like oh i know this person i went to high school with them or you know what i mean it's not that it's not like oh i know this person you know we've seen each other at a couple parties no connection is like who is your homie who is your friend who is your romantic interest you know what i mean who is the person that you're gonna fucking like call up to like hang out who are you gonna invite to dinner you know what i mean like that's what i like grew to find out um too that's what like that's taught me is that like it's so important that it's like and, and people will 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 have a perspective and an understanding of you based on um, and they will form an opinion, you know, on you based on your connections. And it's like, I, I started learning that and, and, it, but it's true. Like, I, I see how it translates into the world, man. Cause it's like, I see how that's not like bad. It, cause it's, cause all right. So my, it's, a, it's speaking of heaven, right. <laughs> back at the beginning um, to bring yeah. heaven back into this heaven. Actually, he was talking to me about this book he was reading. And he was saying how, like, it's said that, like, you know, if you if you wake up 
at fucking five in the afternoon every day and you just drink your days away and don't do anything, you know what I mean? And play video games all day and just, you know, waste the day away and, and you don't do anything in order to, uh, uh, to continue your dreams and achieve them. Um, if you don't do any of that, if you don't change any of your behaviors, but you change the people you're around, right? And you, and you start being surrounded by successful and motivated individuals that you are statistically proven to fucking be better off. That you're going to be more like, that's like the best indicator of success is not your actual habits, but who you surround yourself with. Right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big advocate of the supporting the, the idea that you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. And I mean, ah. having the, the ability to, to control who you listen to, who you hang out with, the YouTubers you watch the most. Mm-hmm. I think that like we have so much power in our hands, especially now in 2019 I to c- control the, the five that we interact with and look up to the most. We, we, we physically don't need to even know them mm-hmm. but as long as you're soaking up their energy oh dude i totally uh, agree bro the five I like it's so that. powerful that's so true dude and that's the thing too about having all those decisions right it's like it's it, it's you know because decision fatigue is such a real thing in humans man the more yeah. options you you're given the more exhausted you're going to become by them and so it's like you might just never even venture out or try to improve yourself and that's what i think is a big issue nowadays man you know yeah most definitely and 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 not even just that but you know it's like because there's such a vast array of information and personalities and people being able to um enter your life and, and 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 give you knowledge or give you their own perspectives then it's like wow like i feel like most people tend to not even most people maybe i i'm not gonna say most people Fuck that. That's negative thinking. I think I think a good amount of people tend to, you know, stick to just the negative and they and they try to just live in that. And I know this is true because I've been that person. You mean you feel me? Right. I've yeah. been that person and I know it's taken a lot of like it's taken failures, man. And like for me it took getting closer to god you know and, and like and like dude i don't know what god is right like there's we can have all the spiritual texts from um you know uh leaders that have and and, and, and spiritual academics that have delved into this and and that try to explain it to us but it's like none of us really fucking know right at the end of the day like the, the best way i put it you can call it god you can call it the force you can call it whatever you want, right? But it's like, mm-hmm. it's that undeniable thing that we don't know, right? Because <laughs> the best way I put it, man, is like, you, you, there's no proof for it and there's no proof against it. You feel me? No absolute proof for it and there's no absolute proof against it. No one can say for a fact they know or they don't know. The only thing you can do is believe. You know what I mean? Right. So to me, it just you know, having a belief in a higher power that's positive. And so that's why I go back to like, I'm not going to say that most people stick to the negative. Fuck that, man. Like we got to have belief that like most people are in here for the good 
and that you know they stick to the good you know yeah. <laughs> um yeah but yeah man I, I think the what you said is extremely powerful because uh, you, you can trick yourself into thinking that everyone is here and for the good, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I believe not everyone is and not everyone realizes they're not in for the good right now. It's because they're maybe complacent or comfortable where they are and the the five they've surrounded themselves with are people that they don't even know are negative and i agree i think a lot a lot of people uh need to wake up and realize that uh that the loop is uh is you, you can fix it and you're in control of everything i mean you don't need to be following all your buddies from high school on twitter but you do everyone does and i think that affects a lot of what you see and uh indirectly and subconsciously how you are emotionally available to the world. Yeah, I and, dude, I agree with you. I agree with you on most everything. I agree that like, bro, for me, it's like, like I said, it's like, I, I think a lot of people are doing this. But like I said, I think if we keep saying, if we say, because I know I do this often, if we say most, right? Mm-hmm. If we say most people do this, then that's just like perpetrating the problem. You know what I mean? Right. It's just furthering yeah. the problem. So, so I, I think when I think it's a good little biohack to do to ourselves to where we can be like, most people are actually doing this and it's like not the, you know, and, and there's just a, it's a minority actually of people who are not doing it. And so it's up to us and it's up to, it's up to us. It's one of our duties, man. It's, it's, if you've already seen quote unquote the light, right. If you've reached mm-hmm. that quote unquote enlightenment where you're like, you've realized like, man, a lot of the shit that I've been pre-programmed with is kind of fucked and I have to make active steps towards changing. Right. Because that's what, yeah. that's what, that's what's going to better the world. Right. If you've realized this, then it's like kind of up to us to like help those people too. You know what I mean? And, um, cause we were all those people at one point, right? Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I would, I would say I was that way. Like even seven eight months ago yeah exactly like that. and even sometimes we still are those people you know what i mean like that 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 i think we're never going to be able to truly truly beat that right because that's just part of being human um we're just gonna you know like the greeks always said tragedy was a constant in human life and that's just true man like no matter how much we try to be positive with everything we're gonna be struck by tragedy eventually that's gonna you know, alter our perspective and stuff. And so the, the fact is we're not going to always be able to be um, the positive forward thinkers that we want to be. But as long as we're aware of that fact, you know what I mean? We can, yeah. we can, that's like the first step towards, towards trying to change it completely, which if we want to change it completely, man, I don't know, dude, I have like some crazy theories about this shit about like robot, um, infant societies and shit (laughs) but but um they're pretty utopic dystopic to be honest (laughs) and uh yeah man i uh uh but 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 in the end like i said like you know being aware about it like self-awareness dude if we can just all be self-aware and be like oh shit i'm kind of being a dick right now or i'm kind of like being stupid right now you know what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah I even know I have those utopian ideas. Uh, and it, some of it involves every member of Congress and every member in the government going on a 
250 microgram LSD trip. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I think that could help. <laughs> you know, I Dude. think that would benefit the world. Yes. If every, like if all the political figures took a, a heavy dose of LSD. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Or, or, or even had like went down to, um, down to the Amazons and, you know, had a crazy ayahuasca trip altogether. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've let go of all their, horrible like preconceived notions, habits bro. and everything preconceived yeah there you go i agree dude. I thought, that, that would be a beautiful thing <laughs> i like this idea man i like this idea a lot this is, this is yeah this is truth man oh my god yeah and some of them who knows what you know they, they, they definitely come out on the other side as different people man i think for the better it's just but they'd have to have the proper guidance too you know almost definitely yeah i like this idea uh, I, I think yeah, I mean, I've been studying, uh, just listening to so much of the knowledge around the people who who are in, like, char- in charge and studying the psychedelics. They've done the research in the 60s, and it's, like, starting up again, which is amazing to see that That's it's happening beautiful. again. And, and um, yeah, there's, like, definitely a rebirth period. So, I mean, what we've said, maybe, hopefully in the future, could definitely be a possibility i agree man like that's the thing there's so much you know they were stigmatized to the max and just became such a taboo and it was i mean it was alfred hoffman albert hoffman my bad albert hoffman himself you know the 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 guy who uh who uh discovered lsd um Mm -hmm. he said that you know if 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 lsd would have been studied further that that adderall yeah would have never become a thing yeah. Does that just make you think, man? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, look at all those Silicon Valley fuckers. What's your favorite story to tell, if you don't mind sharing that? My favorite story to tell? Hmm. This this could be both in your life or, uh, so, like, someone else's life. Uh, just a, a story, story that you've heard. Oh, bro, I got like, it. You like telling. I got it. Ooh, nice, nice framing for the question. Um, I totally got it. Um, so, mm-hmm. there's a... Um, there's this guy, <laughs> this guy, this dude named Sisyphus, right? I don't know if you've ever heard okay. of Sisyphus. I have. Yeah, yeah. So Sisyphus is, he was, uh, it's a Greek myth of Sisyphus. Um, and Sisyphus was this dude in Greek mythology that was, uh, he was doing some bad shit, right? And so the gods were like, yo, fuck you. We're gonna doom you. You're doomed. Uh, you're gonna have mm-hmm. to fucking take this boulder and you're gonna this really really heavy boulder we're gonna basically make you a slave and we're gonna chain you up and we're gonna fucking make you take this boulder to the top of the mountain but hey man once you like work your ass off and you really you know really put your effort into it and you get to the top of this mountain you can throw the boulder over the top and you'll be free you'll have your life back again you know what i mean yeah you'll be free so um Sisyphus does that, right? And all right, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, basically what happens with Sisyphus is like, he does that. He works his fucking ass off. He's like, all right, you know what? I, I just got to take this boulder to the top of this mountain and then I'll be good. I'll be free. You know what I mean? So like, I'm gonna work my ass off. And he does. And he's working his ass off and he's struggling and he's getting to the very top of the mountain. And he's like, wow, I'm nearing the peak. I'm about to be freaking free. And he already smells his freedom. And he already knows what's to come. He already envisions everything, what he's going to be doing with his life once he's free. 
And then he gets to the very top of the mountain, gets to the very, very top. And he's like, holy shit, I'm about to be free. I'm about to be free. And he gets to the very top and he's about to throw the boulder over. And the gods send him right back down to the very bottom. And they tell him, hey, Sisyphus, do it again. He's just sent, this happens for eternity, bro. He struggles mm-hmm. and he gets to the very top of the mountain and he thinks he's about to be free. And then the gods send him right back down to the very bottom, right? Literally for eternity. Yeah. And so then there's this ex- existentialist philosopher named Albert Camus. And Albert Camus wrote an essay on this. Um, it's actually titled The Myth of Sisyphus. And uh, basically, like what he says in his essay, he says that we're all Sisyphus, you know? He says, that is us. That's life. That's the human condition. We all struggle with something until we get to the very top and we think we're going to be free. We're like, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to work my ass off in school. And once I get good grades, I'll be good. Or I'm going to work my ass off in the gym. And once I have a nice body, I'm going to be good. Or I'm going to work my ass off and make all this money. And once I have all this money, I'm going to be good. Or I'm going to get this girl and I'll be good. Or you know what I mean? Whatever it is, dude. Like we we tell ourselves these things that we're going to work hard and we're going to get to this place and then we'll be good. We'll be free. We'll be fine. But Camus says that we're like Sisyphus. And every time we think we're nearing the peak and we think we're going to be free, we're right back down to the very bottom. You got that job you wanted, you're right back down to the very bottom. Now you want something else. You know what I mean? We're always in this constant state of struggle. And uh, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> if you think about it, it's kind of depressing. It's like, shit. So why are we struggling for if we're always going to just be fucking struggling, right? Um, yeah. But Camus says, Camus says, no, it's not depressing. In fact, one must envision Sisyphus happy, right? One must imagine Sisyphus happy, viewing the flowers on the way up. So that's what it is, man. That's what life's all about, like. There's a constant, like in Greek mythology, this was always a thing, right? It's like the, the constant in Greek mythology, struggle. Humans always struggle. Um, but, but, but Camus says we must be happy, right? We must view Sisyphus happy, viewing the flowers on the way up. So even though we struggle, we have to look at like the pretty things in life, man. We have to enjoy, we have to be happy, friends, family, you know, the flowers. That can even be weed, bro, you know, little moments of fucking ecstasy and joy. And just, it's all about the little things, basically, so... I, I really like that story, man. It, it just helps keep me grounded and helps remind me. And, and not just me, but other people. Like, this is this story has helped a lot of my friends, actually, um, through some tough times where it's like, you know, life is always going to be fucking tough. But you got to try to see all the positive things in life. You got to just look at the flowers, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's a huge story on uh, perspective Bye. and uh, apl- applying the perspective into it's even something that can be perceived as a like the worst thing yes eternal suffering right (laughs) exactly this is but it's all about perspective and then totally bro facts man it it is bro perspective is just so important dude i think perspective is pretty much everything i think you create your own reality and your perspective creates your own reality you know most definitely now kind of I wouldn't say a cold transition. I guess this applies pretty solidly into your life, into experiences you've had with, you know, running into trouble with the law, you know, dropping out of college wasn't a fit for you. Yeah. How, how do you apply perspective into those 
times and tough scenarios in, in your life? Oof, man. Um, I guess, dude, first and foremost, like, I'm going to say God has always guided me, man. And, like, that's been, like, the main thing is, like, I always got to think to myself, like, there is like some ultimate plan and like I just I have to stay positive throughout it you know because that's what that's what God wants from me and so I just you know like okay like when I got in trouble with the law that was kind of my first side that I had that I shouldn't really even be focusing too much on like the traditional academic career you know because I did my whole life I've gotten good grades I've been good at school and I've been extremely uh, blessed to be really, really good at testing. That's, that's really what got me through most stuff. I suck at doing homework and doing things that people tell me to do. You know what I mean? But I'm really good at, like, yeah. tests. I, I just – I always did really well on tests. I got, like, perfect scores on my ACT, bro. And uh, I was always just good with that stuff. So my whole life – and my mom's – my mom's – you know, my whole life, I've been, like, kind of guided towards that academic career. Right, academia, academic career. I keep fucking fucking up. Uh, but anyways, um, you know, I, I getting arrested was like one of the first signs. So maybe I shouldn't be focusing on this academic career. You know, maybe I need to try something else because it just I felt like it shut off some opportunities for me college-wise um, that I had in mind originally. Um, but anyways, uh, after that, man, it was like. I did end up going, I ended up going to Santa Monica College in um, Santa Monica. And uh, basically, like, the reason why I went there is because one of my homies, he was like, dude, you should just go to, because I told him, I want to go to California. I don't even really want to do this college shit. But, like, I wanted to keep my parents happy. And I had a little education fund that my grandfather had left me. And that was, like, all the money I pretty much had to, like, do anything in life unless I wanted to stay at home with my parents. You know what I mean? Um, So... Uh, I took it and I went over to California um, and uh, came to Santa Monica and yeah, basically, oh wait, give me a second. I'm sorry, man. I'm walking my dog and she's like really stressful with like other like animals. So it's like, I just always have to be super on alert, you know, for other animals. Um, All good. But anyways, I'm getting back now. All right. All right. So anyways, what's it called? Uh, I moved out to Santa Monica and I went to Santa Monica college because I didn't want to do the normal college thing, bro. Look, I was a big partier in high school, and all my friends, they were all going to pretty much be going to, like, UT, uh, UNT, uh, Texas Tech, Georgia, Oklahoma, like, all these southern, like, party schools, you know what I mean? Right. And so, um, I was already starting to go to some parties where they were, like, frat recruits and shit, and they were already trying to, like, start get you, like, recruited and stuff, their fraternities, and I was just noticing that... Like, dude, all my friends right now from high school, they're all in frats, right? And that was, like, what I was going to be going. That was the path I was going to be going down, dude. And I know myself. I know myself. I know that if I'm surrounded by booze and parties and pussy 24-7, dude, I'm going to fucking get lost, right? So me getting arrested was just a big sign for me being like, fuck, I shouldn't follow this traditional shit. But I still didn't have any fucking money. Aside from, like, what my grandpa, he left me a little money, but it was strictly for education, right? So I decided I took that money, and I went to California to Santa Monica College um, because I was like, fuck the frats and shit. Dude, if I join a frat, I'm going to get lost. And came to Santa Monica College, 
actually got a 4.0 my first semester. And then that's what kind of made me drop out because I got a 4.0. And on top of that, I was uh, selling lots of cryptocurrencies. Whew. I just found some stairs, bro. I'm so out of shape. Holy shit. <laughs> but anyways, I started selling cryptocurrencies. <laughs> and uh, I made like eight grand in like a month because I was day trading them. But that's the most stressful job I've ever had. It's fucking, it was so stressful, man. This is 24-7 market, you know? Um, but anyways, uh, make good money with cryptocurrencies to the point where I didn't need my education fund anymore, right? Um, so I was able to drop out of college. Uh, but again, I did really well in college. And like I said, the 4.0 made me drop out because, I, dude, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't even really going to class. I was fucking around and like not really like putting too much effort into this. And I'm like, damn. If I'm doing this well with this stuff without even putting any effort into it, like I need to fucking like if I put effort into something that I have true passion for, I don't know where I could get. I think I could get really far. So, you know, and then that plus the cryptocurrencies, bro, that all just added up to where I was able to drop out. And second semester, I supported myself. And basically, like I just like just made music, bro. I was just in my room pretty much like isolated, bro just on my computer, making music all fucking day, learning, going on YouTube, going out to different websites to learn, to check out techniques and stuff, and just, just doing that. And I did that for like six months, and that's where I developed a lot of my skill. But then at the end of six months, I was like, all right, I'm out of money because <laughs> I was out of my cryptocurrency money because, dude, that's just, it's just so stressful. And it's like now it's also oversaturated low-key. Um, I could get back into it, but I don't want to at all. And, uh, fucking, I, I was out of money. And so I decided like, you know what, let me fucking, uh, let me, uh, I need to go back to school anyways. And, um, I want to get an engineering degree, you know, and that way I can have my grandpa's education fund again. And so I decided to go back to school. Uh, but this time I did audio engineering. What's up, Jen? I did audio engineering. No, 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 look, look, dab, dab. Oh, you do this? You snap, okay. hell yeah. But, okay, but, okay. No, she's from far away. Uh, farm, she's from a farm, she's a farm girl. All right, but anyways, um, I, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, la, la, la. Oh yeah, I decided to go back to school after like that semester that I dropped out, um, but this time to just go focus on audio engineering. And dude, like, when I arrived, I went to LA Recording School, so I will. It's not like the best school in the world. Like, dude, they accept everyone. If you're able to pay for it, they accept you. So I went there, and it was fucking expensive. I basically spent like most of like the rest of the money I had um, on just like a couple months that I went there. Again, I got fucking perfect grades, dude. And dude, I wasn't paying. Like, there wasn't. I wasn't fucking paying attention. I wasn't paying any. I wasn't. I, like, I there was no effort exerted right on my part and so um and on top of that like teachers were asking me questions about mixing like me like it was dude it was just a bad experience I'm not gonna lie it wasn't the place where I was supposed to be and I, I learned that and along the way I was very lucky one of the other homies that I had there that I made there at LA recording school he saw my talent and he was like dude and I saw his talent too and he was like bro and we talked about how it was just like not the best environment for us you know what I mean like it was kind of holding us back like we weren't actually learning anything dude I'd go day I went for four months and I didn't learn a single thing bro no I'm gonna I lie I learned one thing 
I learned how to use the synth on Logic. That was kind of cool, but that's the only thing I fucking learned. <laughs> and so, and so it was kind of retarded, right? Everything else, like I was literally telling like the students in the class, like showing them shit. Sometimes even teachers, bro, they would ask me questions, like I said before. Anyways, fucking this guy, he 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 was like, yeah, this is bullshit, blah blah blah. Have you heard of this place called Recording Connection? And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, dude, it's a one-on-one mentorship, right? It's half the price of a full year at LA recording school, right? And it's like, and you, at the end of it, you get a diploma and it's a one-on-one mentorship where you go like all day to be with a mentor and learn from him. And I was like, that's exactly what I fucking need. Like, (laughs) I don't need this fucking bullshit school and shit. Cause I already had clients too. I already had people that were paying me to mix for them. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know, like I was, I was, I was more advanced than someone that just got out of high school and has never mixed in their life and has never done any engineering or production and they're getting into it. You know what I mean? That's kind of more what LA recording school is for. But anyways, um, I went to this one-on-one mentorship with, um, uh, Donnie Baker. That's his name. Fucking amazing, man. I learned so fucking much. Like, I, I don't know if I told you this before. I'm pretty sure I did, but I was in, I was in there, dude, like day, day out. I was the first one there. I was the last one to leave, bro. I'd be there like 12 hours a day, bro. And just six days a week, dude. It was, it was like, it was really intense. And I learned a shit ton from it. And now, dude, I have like, I work fully, like my, my full-time job is freelance engineering, dude. That's how I pay all my bills. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's been amazing. I, I learned a lot, but, but that one-on-one mentorship was key. And like throughout that whole, throughout everything that I just like mentioned, like the perspective, going back to like the original question, right, is perspective was definitely like everything because it was like I had to, first of all, I had to be confident in myself. And second of all, it's like I, the confidence I think in itself is its own perspective, but it's not just random confidence. You have to have the skills to back it up. And that's because I had already had like the, the amount of practice that I did. And so I, 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 I guess, I guess like, I don't know how to put it, man. Perspective, perspective, my perspective, my confident perspective and my, and my knowledgeable perspective. Right. And also my perspective that strays from the general, like, I don't believe that you need college, right? Like some of the most successful, like, honestly, the most successful individual that I'm close with in my life, right. He didn't go to college and he's super super successful and so it's just that perspective as well right having the perspective that like okay just because you don't go to college doesn't mean you're smart you know what i mean like it doesn't mean you're does, sorry it doesn't mean you're not smart it, it, all these things it, you know it, having that perspective in mind that that you don't have to follow traditional routes do stuff and and maybe even following the traditional route kind of slows you down so i guess i get perspective is definitely everything man and uh but i feel like perspective most of the time is also it's aided by knowledge if not just completely guided by it right yeah yeah most definitely what was it about that one-on-one mentorship that was so impactful for you besides i guess the musical and uh the musical knowledge that you had obtained by just being there 24 seven, what was like the way he approached teaching Okay, that, that made it stick? Yeah. Um, well, I, I will say this. Um, I, I think I learned a lot 
from not only the, like the positives of my mentor, dude, we're all human beings. We all have a duality to us. It's, you know, negative and positive. So I, I didn't learn solely from positives. It's I, I, I learned a lot from like the negatives as well. And that's, I think something that really stuck with me that, um, you know, you, you gotta be able to take everything with a grain of salt and, uh, but, but, but like always, always have respect but take everything with a grain of salt. Cause like we're all human at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So I think, right. I think the fact that I was able to, to just learn from the negatives as well as the positives helped a lot. Um, on top of that, dude, it, it was just uh, like it, it, the, the main thing about engineering nowadays. Cause look, I, you can get all the knowledge from the internet. All the knowledge is truly out there, but what you can't really get like the knowledge you can't really get is A, the experience, because most of being a good engineer is just experience. It's practice. It's like being a good basketball player. Like, yeah, you're going to be really talented, but even Michael joining practice, like, fucking every day for hours on end. You know what I mean? So, like, it's, 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 it's practicing and being a part of that whole world and not just having the theory behind it, but actually practicing is a huge part. And me being there all the time allowed me to do that. And on top of that, man, it's like fucking the equipment originally it's like dude I like yeah, I, I I don't have a million dollars to go buy all the equipment they had at that studio you know what I mean so it's like being able to have my mentor there teaching me exactly how to use the equipment because it's not only like him teaching me how to use the equipment he's been fucking using this equipment for 25 years you know what I mean so it's like he it's it, this is how I put it man it's like people like him people like my mentor you know older guys older women older people right they're shortcuts i saw this but it's so true it's like old people are shortcuts um and shortcuts for life man they've already had that experience they can just show you but again it's like not just learning from their positive or trying to view it all in a fucking positive light it's like they've got their negatives too and like you the positive about that is that you can learn from that you know right and you you did mention uh, positives and negatives a lot uh like if you could break down exactly what those were well i mean positives he's 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 very dedicated and he knows dude this guy was like a master master engineer in terms of um what's it called the uh, like signal flow like he's a master recording engineer bro he knows about signal flow like no one i've ever met and he knows signal flow is basically like the connectivity of things you know what i mean and it's, it's, it's a whole complex subject sometimes um, in terms of record, the recording world um, because you can have like multiple ways of how to connect things and route things is a proper term. Um, but yeah, signal flow, he's a genius with signal flow. And on top of that, he's very persistent. He's a great guy, man. Um, very good person. But then negatives, what I saw, the only negative I like, truly am gonna speak about you know which is because it's you know we're all people and so like we all may have like preconceived notions or judgments and stuff but it's like the one thing that i notice ego man that's like one thing that i think we all have in us negatively and it was just that place was an excellent um atmosphere for me to learn about ego because i was just there so much you feel me and because i just put my heart and soul into it so it's not even negativity it's not even necessarily that he had a bad ego no it's just said that, that was the place that really opened my eyes the factor of ego like okay 
ego really affects the creative process. And if you can't let go of ego, then you can't make the best art possible. Yeah, got it. That, yeah, that's huge. I think that's something that I, I look for when I reach out to artists. It, it, is the ego in the way of things? Because if it is, then it's almost impossible for us to, to be happy on uh, what I'm going to create for them. Yes. Because they believe they, they don't need anyone else to help them. Uh, they believe that their their work does not belong reposted or mm. appreciated mm. written about and, and it's it's very annoying because yeah. i can imagine it's annoying it, for you not not everyone yeah not everyone started that yes. way so I, I don't believe everyone should portray that to people and, mm, and not even that that's that like what you're telling me is basically like ego is is getting in the way from good art being shown to the world you know what i mean Right. And so that's yes, what I've exactly. seen is like, if you, it, dude, like Kendrick Lamar, this during my whole program, actually, while I was on my one-on-one mentorship, one of the videos I saw that kind of got this whole idea into my brain was Kendrick Lamar with his producer and his producer was talking about how when they have a session, man, like the first thing they say is leave the ego at the door. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever yeah. is the best thing to come, it doesn't matter who came up with it. It's just what the best thing is. You know what I mean? What the best art that we mm-hmm. can show to the world. Kind of like Bad Bunny does a good job of that, dude. Bad Bunny actually produces so many of his songs and produces other artist songs too. And he doesn't even like show his production credits. You feel me? He doesn't say produced by Bad Bunny, all this shit. He doesn't care. He's just like, he says it in an interview. He's like, I just want good music being put out into the world. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, man. So ego, ego is definitely, you know, it's a big thing in all of our lives. And it's like one of the biggest things that if we can truly overcome, man, oof, oof, that's, that's how we, that's how we change. That's how we change destruction and war into peace. You know what I mean? It's surpassing the ego. Yeah, most definitely. I think there's two things that drive uh, actions in a, in a person's life. And I think, you know, the outside factors affect and build on who you are, but it doesn't build on your intuition. It builds on your ego. Uh, I think Mm. people get their ego and intuition confused often Mm -hmm. and they don't know the sound of their intuition anymore because it's so drowned out by ego, by ego. And um, yeah, I think knowing how to separate the two, it's absolutely crucial to personal growth, uh, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations because your ego will not allow you to be in uncomfortable situations. Exactly. Dude, yes. I like this. And I think one of the parts of how to distinguish is I think feeling, you know what I mean? The emotions that each cause is a big, mm-hmm. is a big factor to it. Yes, ego won't let you be in uncomfortable positions. But also, like I feel like when you let ego, your ego dictate your life, Dude, your soul feels it. You know what I mean? Right. Like your soul feels heavy. Like there's that entire spiritual self that is just going to feel like weighed down, you know? And it, it, I, like this is the best – one of the – one of, a good way to put it is, you know, back – okay, so real – dude, I was an atheist for years actually. 
um, for five years, mm-hmm. pretty much five years. And then I'm not an atheist again. I don't know if I would, I consider myself a Christian, but I'm not religious. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't believe in religion. I don't like religion. Um, but I do. But you still believe in God. I believe in God and I believe in Jesus and, uh, and in the power of Jesus. Um, but, but what's it called? The back. So anyways, going back to it, when I was an atheist, bro, um, you know, like one of the things is, uh, belief is just really strong. And, uh, when I first changed my belief and I started not believing that God wasn't real, but just that God was real, you know, like, um, one of the things that I would notice is fuck. Wait, what was the question again? I'm sorry, man. Um, what did I well, say? Really I know. It, it was I started more going of like into a... a tangent. My bad, bro. I fucking I'm smoking. I'm drinking, and I got distracted. I just started <laughs> thinking a lot about. Damn, man, it's been five years since that. It's kind of weird. It hasn't been five yeah. years. It was five years of that. It's only been two years now, bro. It's been two fucking years. Um, I was, mm-hmm. I was, I had this image in my brain. It was about. This was actually like when I was in jail. Like around that whole time, that's when I started like changing my beliefs, bro. Um. And uh, one of the things, mm, I don't even remember what I was fucking talking about. Whatever, man. It wasn't that important, I guess. You know what I mean? Shit happens, and it's like, that's what I also believe, bro. It's like, if you can't remember it, and that shit happens, and your brain is going a whole different direction, then, like, it wasn't really, like, meant to be. Right, yeah. So we we can uh, segue on that note. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious, stutter brain. <laughs> All right, so I want to know the inspirations behind your latest single. Oh, bet calling my name. Um, yes. So calling my name, dude. This is this is a good question actually because calling my name actually was inspired by a song, bro. I'm not gonna lie. It was because uh, okay. usually, dude, I'm usually when I make music, like one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I make music is because I don't hear what I want to be hearing in the music that I'm listening to. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like I no, Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Does. And so it's like I, there's like sounds I want to be listening to that like I'm just not getting. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so yeah. calling my name is definitely like, that's all when I make music, that's always my thing. I always try to be original with everything I make, man. I always not even try. I'm just, what I'm trying to do is create something that I haven't heard. Cause like, first of all, this may be selfish, but it's like the music pleases me. You know what I mean? It's like, it's my therapy. And it's also like my way of like hearing something that I haven't heard before. Um, and then, so, but calling my name, bro, actually like, so it started out, I had I had this one homie that sent me a beat and uh, it was one of his producers beats and um, I started like writing shout out Brixie Bryce B R X C E and uh, I started writing over the beat and like I made this whole song basically over the beat but I, I I wasn't satisfied with the beat at the end of it like I really liked what I had created like lyrics and melody wise and stuff. But the beat, I just wanted some alternations with it. And so I hit up the producer and uh, I, I asked him to change the beat a little bit. I was like, I sent him like what I had made. And I was like, yo, can you kind of like chop up the beat like around my voice? Can you like produce a little bit more around my voice? You know, and um, like he didn't get back to me. He answered later. He was like, yeah, it's really cool. But he never really got back to me on like changing anything up. So I was like, whatever, man, I'm going to go and do my own stuff. Right. That's that's just, I, I always take it, I always take things as signs. like, 
you got to be able to just get shit done yourself. You know what I mean? And so, and for this one, I actually li- really like how it turned out. So I got to it and I took the acapella, basically. I removed the whole beat from the song and uh, just had the vocals. And I like, dude, I started, I was in that time, I was listening to a lot of Billie Eilish, man. A lot of Billie Eilish. I just heard her hit fucking uh, Wish You Were Gay. Dude, that, that song is fucking amazing. Because at the beginning, it's like, first of all, the production's spectacular, right? And um, real quick, at the beginning, dude, before I get into how the production affected calling my name, um, it, just in terms of lyrics and in terms of storytelling, dude, at the beginning of the song, you think Billie Eilish is a lesbian. You know what I mean? Like the whole time through, you think she's lesbian. And it's like, wow, she's gay. You know what I mean? And then at the end, she's like, she's like, She's like, I wish you were gay. Spare my pride to give your lack of interest an explanation. You know what I mean? To say I'm not your type. To say that I'm not your preferred sexual orientation. So it's really fucking, like, cool. It's like, whoa, okay. That's why she wishes she was gay. Because she's fucking hurt by the fact that this guy doesn't like her back. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, wow, wow, I know. And so I was like, what the fuck? And so what's it called? Because uh, at the first, she's like, I wish you were gay. I wish you were gay. I just wish you were gay the whole song. And it's like, oh, because she's gay. She's talking about another girl. But then, no, exactly. Turns out that it's not. It's a guy. And it's like, yeah. But anyways, um, so that was really spectacular. It just really struck me. And, you know, I started, I became a fan of Billy after that, dude. Her and her, her brother's a genius, man. Like, Wow, wow. I know he like writes a lot of um the songs and also like he produces pretty much all of them. Billy helps out too, but you know, he's the he's the one on the computer and on the keys and shit. Um I know she plays instruments as well, but he's the one pretty much putting it all together. He's more like a, the executive producer, you know what I mean? And um he's tight, dude. He's so tight. And I just have a lot of theories about both of them, but I got really into them and that song Wish You Were Gay. Not only was, you know, the lyrics were really striking and it was just a really nice story that at the end had a twist, which is great with songs. It's like a country song, you know. <laughs> um, but aside from that, it also, um, the production, man, there was like this wobble bass, bop, 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 you know, this wobble bass that was just like fucking smacking. Like when I heard that song, it was just like, ooh, like just stank face to the max, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, mm, just, it was smacking and it was during the drop. And so that's kind of what inspired calling my name, the production around it, at least, you know, so I had this acapella, I'd finished um, the whole song and I took away all the, I took away the whole beat and I had just the vocals basically. And what I decided to do is I just started producing around that. So like I added guitar um, and I started adding some drums and then I got to the drop and dude, I spent so many hours on that drop. Like at first, I like I have so many different variations, bro. I use so many different like bases and instruments. I tried out so many different things, and and then after like fucking like three four hours trying shit out, I finally found that wobble bass, and it just fit so perfectly. And I was like, fuck, man, this is exactly like that Billie Eilish shit, and it just sounds so fucking nice and like ah, it just works so well. So I was like, okay, this is the one, and uh. But yeah, man, like Billy inspired it because like because of that record, like that's like I nothing else was going to fit until the wobble bass fit. Right. Because I had that record in my mind because I had that Billy Eilish record in my mind. And I was like, 
wow, okay. And because my shit's kind of like similar in that it's like you have that wobble bass and it's like a really soft voice, right? At least in, in, the, first, in the hook during the beginning, it's like, calling my name, I think you're feeling yeah. soft. And then afterwards it builds and it's fucking like, I start belting the shit or whatever. But in the beginning, I try to make it really soft and just like the wobble bass. It's pretty much, if you hear, it's like just the wobble bass and the drums and the voice. And that's another technique that Billy started showing me, man. It's like the rule of three. It's like, just have three like instruments going on at a time, like have the voice, the bass and the drums. And then if you take uh, the voice out, add some guitar, or add a synth in there or something. But it, like, if you can have three, maybe max four elements going on at one time sonically, it's like that actually helps the listener tune in better and it creates more of an impact. But then again, like to have that true impact, like the reason why Billy's, you know, her stuff is so amazing, man, is like first her voice is fuck dude her voice is it's phenomenal man yeah i get like wow her, her voice is so amazing dude it's just she has this control like yeah she doesn't have the the most amazing range but her control within the range that she has in her tone her tone is spectacular and the control she has within the range is just spectacular she's able to just communicate the messages that her lyrics are trying to evoke so effectively you know and uh and on top of that like her lyrics, right? Her voice and her lyrics. So, like, if you have, like, a stripped-down production with um, an amazing voice and amazing lyrics, dude, then, like, that's a fucking hit record. That's what you need, you know? That's that's how you're able to truly communicate, like, the song, I believe, is, like, having, just having the voice shine through and the lyrics shine through, you know? And um, so, you know, I, I don't have a voice that says amazing to fucking Billy's. I really try, right? I fucking, I... I practice every day i'm trying to get there but uh, you know uh, me i try to take a little more hands into my production as well you know what i mean because uh i think i think that's one thing that um i'm pretty confident about is my production my songwriting as well um but but yeah i think combining them all it's like a way to put it but damn shout out billy eilish holy shit she's fucking amazing i would love to work with an artist like her um but yeah man just that's pretty much, that was kind of like the inspiration. Billy definitely played a big part in inspiring that. But in terms of like lyrics and shit, the lyrics dude are just, that's just me getting myself, what I was feeling, like not even necessarily at that time, but it's like, just what I felt from the beat I heard originally. And it's like, I can just, I'll take myself to places, to different places in time, where it's like uh, to the different people I was in time, you know, and just, Cause uh, and I took myself when I heard this song. I just I took myself back to like this heartbreak place, um, this place of like heartbreak, and uh, where I was this girl like that I loved or I thought I loved, you know. And uh, I definitely, dude, there's definitely love for her. I definitely loved her, but I just didn't know I wasn't showing that love well. You know what I mean? And um, so it took me back to that place where we were growing distant and where she was finally being fed up by my lack of love and you know that it, it took me back to that place just hearing that beat that uh this producer had originally made that, that i later stripped away and yeah man it's to be dude that's actually like kind of like my last like kind of like heartbreak song it kind of really helped me like get over that whole like period in my life and it's like helped me bring me help bring me closure dude you know because it's like i got i pretty much i said everything that like I'd never really said to her, it's like, you know, like, 
I told her, like, it's my fault, basically. Like, yeah, I know it's me who fucked up. Because in the beginning, I never, I never, I never wanted to, like, accept any blame. You know what I mean? And so I, uh, I took that blame, but then was able to put it into a fucking song. And uh, it's, dude, it's therapy. Like, music is such therapy. Because now it's, like, I feel released. I don't, I don't feel like I have to say anymore. It's, like, I feel like I said what I needed to say. Um not to her, but just to myself, you know, I've accepted like, yeah, I kind of fucked up, but like, I've learned from this and I learned that like, that wasn't like the best version of myself, you know, and that, um, I'm, I'm, I can be so much better, um, than that person that I was and that I need to leave that in the past. You know what I mean? So it was a fucking song for me, man. And like the inspiration, you know, sonically came from Billy sonically in terms of the beat and stuff. And, uh, um, lyrically and emotionally came from myself, man, because that's always my music, man. I'm always going to bring it from a place to myself, because like I said, like, first and foremost, even if it's selfish, it's for myself, you know? This is why I do music. This is why I sing. This is because, you know, it just makes me feel good, you know? Definitely. That, that's a lot of, a uh, lot of different things that you put into that song that, uh, I would have never known. So hey, that's the song. Uh, th- thank yeah, you, man. thank you for breaking down the barrier and uh, providing the the creative, the creative outlook and uh, the creative process. So that would, perspective that was, too. That was really for cool. sure, bro. Perspective. Yeah, man. I'm reading that word up because you know you're already playing that in my brain now, bro. Perspective. But yeah, bro. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, shit. You know, it's just that's the thing. Like. You already know how's it how it goes, dude. It's so much. There's so many different like things, like you know, being creative in this whole creative process is. It's 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 it's. it's I I don't know if I said this to you yesterday, but even if I did, I'm gonna say it again. So Charles Bukowski is actually my favorite author, and Bukowski said he said uh, an intellect, right, an intellectual takes something simple and says it in a complicated manner right and then a poet right. what a poet does is he takes something complicated and he says it in a simple manner you know so that's kind of like i it's not just poets this is all of us as artists and creatives you know and i think all human beings are creatives and artists you know it's just about how much should they allow themselves to be you know so the the us artists and creatives, us human beings that allow ourselves to be that, that's just really what we're doing. We're trying to get all these complicated things that we, even we don't really fucking understand and just say them in a manner that's simple so that we can all understand and relate and like not feel alone. You know what I mean? Definitely. As far as music coming out soon, things that you're working on, uh, like calling my name are there anything that you're working on right now that will be at the same level of emotion the same level of effort you put into that song will we be able to experience something new like that again oh bro yes most definitely i am i am uh actually uh so i have been working a lot recently you know I, I mix for a lot of people, but recently I've been really trying to produce more for people. I've actually have, I've been producing, I have like three artists um, that I've been working really closely with um, that I'm really, really tight with four artists, actually, my bad. 
that I'm really, really tight with that we're going to be putting out some stuff that we've been co-producing, some of us, and entirely producing myself too. And um, so all that stuff is coming really soon, um, production-wise and, you know, mixing. And I'm mixing. Everything I'm producing, I'm mixing, I'm mastering it all. You know, so that's all my sonic land. So that's all coming very soon. But in terms of my own artistry, dude, so first of all, I'm switching. My, I'm becoming Boy Loco. I am Boy Loco. Boy Loco is right. is new. This is this is who I am now. It's not Sebastian Girola anymore. And uh, Boy Loco, basically, Boy Loco is not. Boy Loco is still Sebastian, of course. But Boy Loco is a little. You know, he's 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 more of uh, what he sounds like. He's he's not as emotional as Sebastian. He's a little more crazy. You know, and uh, he's a little more fun. You know, so that's like the main thing that we're. I'm trying to bring with Boy Loco is I'm trying to, um, I'm still always going to have my emotional side, of course, but Boy Loco is going to try to bring a little bit more fun and happiness to the world. You know what I mean? So um, instead of sadness. And so uh, that's what's coming up, man. Boy Loco is set to, we're releasing his new single, um, my new single, October 30th or 31st. And um, yeah, man, it's called Goddess. And I've been working on this for the past couple months, man. Uh, I'm trying to, the single is like, dude, it's, it's my baby. You know, I've really put so much effort into it and it's like, in, it's produced by me. It's produced by me and this guy named Joe Danksack, Dansack, my bad, Danksack, <laughs> Dansack, Joe Dansack. And he basically, he gave me this beat and I took the beat and I stripped it down. I just kept um the original baseline they go boom 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 and i took that and i made a whole new beat around it so it's pretty much produced by me but shout out joe thank you for helping out bro you know i'm always going to give you credit to my brother and um yeah man it's it's been my baby and uh, i mixed the whole thing i mastered it if you can say i mastered it because true mastering is when another engineer takes it into his own hands um but i believe that I, I really like to quote unquote master my own shit because I just want to see my whole sonic vision through to the very end. You know what I mean? I can't, I, I haven't found another engineer that I trust with my songs, to be honest. Um, so yeah, uh, the whole thing, it's my baby dude. And goddess is just, this is, it's going to be lit. Is it what I, I'm, I, I have a whole music video coming out for it, man. Um, I have a whole team that's backing me up, bro. And, we're gonna we're gonna try to blow it up, dude. We're gonna try to show the world that Boy Loco is is what everybody needs to be on, man. And Boy Loco is gonna help everyone have fun and de-stress and feel good about life, man. And uh, yeah, man, it's it, it's coming, man. October thirtieth, around then. That's good. That's when it's gonna come out. And uh, yeah, man, I low-key, Brandon. I'm gonna send you a, a preview, bro. And I I want to see what you think of it, low-key, man. I'm gonna send you a preview, but just. You know, we keep it exclusive. Oh, I love it. Love yes. it. I would absolutely love to hear it. Yes. Thank yes, you. bro. No, thank you, bro. Like, yeah, I'm so excited about this project, bro. Like, this has really been my heart and soul. And, like, you know, I really, yeah, man. Like I said, like, we're really trying to blow up Boy Loco and, and make it so that um, I have a, a, a venue, not a venue, but a space so that people can listen to the music, tune in. And, you know, 
because that's that's my thing man is you know i'm i i really want to keep i the i'm always gonna be an artist i'm always gonna be a singer but you know with this boy loco stuff um as everything progresses how it should be progressing i'm gonna definitely that's gonna open me up to keep producing for more people and producing for the artists that i really like enjoy because like dude these four artists that i've been working with like i said bro like really closely they're like my good friends right first of all we're all really close and i just believe in them as people right not just as artists and uh, i really want the whole world to to see like what i see you know what i mean and and to hear what i hear when i whenever i just even hear them sing you know just like not even make a song or anything just sing in the shower or whatever bro it's like I just want people to feel that same feeling, you know, because it's it's special and it's beautiful, and I think we all need to fucking feel it because we can. It's twenty fucking nineteen. The whole world can feel this shit. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. Fuck yeah, bro! I want I want to know what what keeps you keeps the wheels turning creatively through the the tough times. Uh, the creative ruts what what are like mantras you tell yourself or things that you tend to keep close to you that keep you going forward just do it do it just do it <laughs> with the power poses you never seen shia labeouf bro <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm fucking, but it's kind of that, bro. It's kind of that <laughs> mentality, dude. It's kind of like, like, you fucking pussy, like, just fucking do it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, I just, I, I, I feel like uh, one of the things that definitely keeps me going, man, is like knowing that like other people are touched by this and that it affects. You know, like, dude, when people reach out to me, like, one of my favorite messages, man, is this guy that I went to high school with, dude, that, like, I haven't heard from in a minute, and he just reached out to me, and he was like, bro, this song touched me so much, dude, like, what you're speaking is facts, bro, like, I've been going through all this stuff with women, and, like, dude, you're really touching my heart, like, people are gonna understand, man, and he just said this whole long message, bro, that was, like, really heartfelt, and, like, this is a guy that, like, he was never really, like, too much in his feelings in high school like he played football and he was like always like trying to put off this kind of like tough guy persona you know what I mean and so it was just like it was really beautiful to see that like my music was able to affect someone in a super emotional manner and like have them it even like elicited them writing me you know and 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 elicited their own emotions and like allow them to be in tune with themselves and to feel catharsis and it you know that was just beautiful to me um so that's one of the things you know like whenever people tell me that like my music like affects them and it like because like I said I make music because it's therapy you know what I mean like I'm always that's the awesome other thing dude I'm fucking crazy I'm really fucking crazy and fucked up (laughs) so I'm always gonna like that's my therapy dude I'm always gonna make music because it's therapy to me and so um, it just helps me feel better. And so it's like it, it, when it helps other people feel better, too. Fuck. That's so nice, man. It feels so good, bro. Like, ah, because it's just like you're just creating this like effect and everyone's just like feeling good and shit. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, like when you're smoking and then like you have a homie and he's like, hey, can I smoke, too? And you both just get high together. You know what I mean? 
And you're just like, and then everyone's happy. But it's like, you were like, no, 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 I'm not going to let you get hot. And then you were the only one who's like smoking the shit and he's like sober as fuck. It's kind of like fuck, you know what I mean? And, and so it's better yeah. when everyone just is able to get high together, you know what I mean? <laughs> and just like feel good together and shit. And so that's kind of like how it is like with the music and shit. Like when everyone can feel what I feel from it, it's like, fuck, man, that definitely keeps me going. And that makes me keeping keep wanting to improve. And, like, not just improve, but find methods to reach people. And that's kind of like kind of like what Boy Loco, what I'm doing with Boy Loco, man. I'm, I'm really trying to, I, I really think with this song, I found, like, the most effective method that I can think of to reach um, the most amount of people, you know? And because uh, that's the thing, once you get, can get people turned on to you, then it's like, then you can really share yourself and then people can truly connect. Because as humans, we're all we're all weird about strangers. It's just in our genetic, you know, in our genetic code. It's just, we're, we're, we're naturally like kind of aggressive towards strangers because, you know, back when we were fucking cavemen, if you saw someone you didn't know, you're like, fuck, they could kill me. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is in us. Um, so when you can start to uh, think that you get to know someone or, or truly feel like you have a connection to them, then you can truly start to dissect and understand like any convey and, and you can at least try to empathize with it, you know? And that's what life is about, man. If we can just all empathize with each other and uh, try to like be in each other's shoes and like, you know, we can really all get along and make the best out of it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think being able to have someone match up on your wavelengths, someone that you've never even seen, uh, it's just, it's a superpower that uh, only musicians and I get other like videographers and filmmakers get to experience. And I think yeah, it's artists one of the best feelings in the artists world. Artists in general. Artists in general, yeah. content creators. Yeah, yeah fact, sure. dude, I agree, man. It really is such a strong feeling, right? Like, because yeah. that's what it's it's connectivity right everything i mean shit man when you trip acid you're like oh fuck we're all connected because it's like it's true it's like and and as it, the more you can access that right the more you can access the connectivity and shit i think that just makes life better because if you can if on like okay yeah maybe this shit is sometimes fucked, but you know what? We're all going to make the best out of it. And everyone's just trying to view the positive in life, man. Then like, that's when life becomes truly positive. You know, like I said, like we create our own realities. And so it's like, whatever you're perceiving, um, that's what it's going to become. For sure. I I was telling heaven, uh, I think two days ago, we we was telling me his uh, treatment for his music video. Nice. That I'm gonna be shooting. Nice. Uh, nice. In the next t- two weeks. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Oh, Real fun. Oh shit, bro. Okay. <laughs> and I was telling him about the trip I had that morning and how powerful it was. Yeah. And like how everyone should be entitled to feel that reconnected. Uh, feeling because it's like it's an awakening again yeah. you know you were you're born again yeah you uh for those who don't know what the feeling i'm talking about is it's 
it's you, you realize that everything else in our lives is just a bonus. Uh, we were just here to to keep the cycle going. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a bonus. And mm-hmm. I told Heaven, that's when it becomes fun. Mm-hmm. Because when you have that solid faith that you know that God is in everything and mm-hmm. he keeps everything together and he's the contrast in the dark and the light in everything. It's a perfection, you know? kids. We can't understand it. Exactly, man. Like, there's right. as much as you try to understand, it's like, like, yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. So it's knowing that that is already settled and knowing and visually seeing it mm-hmm. <laughs> on a trip. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so powerful mm-hmm. because you, you, you remember that you shouldn't ever question that. Mm-hmm. And then your life is just solely in your hands exactly. you know, in, in order to, in order to have the control of your life you almost have to be completely selfless i told them yes completely selfless and then after that everything else you can be selfish with exactly bro because it's so it's fun after that exactly and it becomes a true manner of faith in that you know faith is just belief in the fucking shit that can't be proven right so it's like it becomes a complete thing of faith like not faith just in god but a faith in god's plan which is like you're gonna be fine you know what i mean you're going to be yeah. good. So now it's like, like you said, like everything else is just a bonus. Now just enjoy the flowers. You know what I mean? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Bro, I totally agree with that shit, man. It's, it's true, bro. It's like, it's, it's, it's a really powerful thing, man. And you're right. When you're able to like physically see shit like that on acid, dude, it's like, it, it definitely helps, man, a lot. And it's like, it's, it's, it's sad that like, you know, um, drugs not even drugs substances like acid have been demonized you know um but like we were talking yesterday bro like that shit all that shit is like slowly changing like i really do feel like this human awakening and this like realization and this connectivity it's 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 all about i feel like we're all coming back to god you know what i mean like it's like we're all coming back to that Cause dude, I mean, look, let's talk about the world in perspective, man. Like, I mean, half of the world is atheist almost, you know, I mean, China is completely an atheist country where Christianity is outlawed and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's it's not, it's not, it's not going to allow the best in humanity to flourish. I don't believe that. And this is why, because because god is just a belief right there's no fact there's no fact there's not a fact that god isn't real there's no fact that god is real you can never prove this in your life but but what are you gonna believe in you know what i mean are you gonna believe god is real or are you gonna believe god isn't real and let me tell you from experience Cause I was an atheist for like four years, bro, five years. And when I was an atheist, bro, when I believed God wasn't real, cause at the time I thought I knew God wasn't real, but I realized I just believed God wasn't real cause no one knows. <laughs> so anyways, when I believed God wasn't real, bro, life was a bitch. Life kind of sucked. I'm not going to lie, man. Like shit didn't go my way. 
and I was depressed, and it was fucked, man. And then it's lonely. It's lonely, exactly, bro. It's fucked. It's lonely, and it's like it's like there's it's 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 so negative too, bro. It is very negative because it's like you keep going back to nihilism with with atheism right. keeps rooting you to nihilism, nihilism, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And it's like it's that just that negative output that like there's no purpose in life and there's no purpose. So why the fuck do I exist? It's like if Sisyphus didn't view the flowers, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's I think I think the the best thing you could do as an atheist is just be a stoic. Yes. But being a perfect stoic is so so lonely. It's 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 self. You, it's you, draining. you never get to experience exactly. It's draining. The highs or the lows. Exactly, yeah. bro. Exactly. I agree, man. And so that's why, like, dude, atheism truly is not the solution. It's like. Because that, that's the thing, you, you're you never going to be able to prove it wrong or right. So as an atheist, you're just choosing to believe that there is no God. But I'm telling you, if you believe that there is a God, like I said, your reality, bro, your perception is reality. When I believe there wasn't a God, there wasn't a God. You feel me? And, and yeah. life without a God sucks. Like I said, it sucks. And so then when I started believing there was a God, there is a God. <laughs> you feel me? Mm-hmm. so yeah man that's yeah. that's like that's that's i don't even remember what the question was or anything but uh that's like that's like a big point to myself to to, to just believe man believe it and because because that you know that we can talk about religion but that just believe in anything you know what i mean belief in anything if you believe something it's just like harry potter <laughs> dude maybe it's because i read so much harry potter growing up i read each book three times bro i was a little fucking nerd man I'm not gonna lie, but that shit goes so hard, bro. I used to know all the spells and shit, like, bro. Uh, only one I can think of right now is Expelliarmus, bro. And then what was, what was, what was? Fuck, bro. There was this fire spell that was really cool, bro. I don't even fucking remember. Fuck, man. I need to read Harry Potter again, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, man. That shit went so hard, bro. But anyways, um. When I, dude, you know, in Harry Potter, it was all about believe in yourself. If you believe hard enough, it it is true. You know what I mean? Just believe it. Just believe it. And it's it's so true, man. It's like belief is fucking everything. It's crazy. But it, it I mean, just look at schizophrenics. You know what I mean? Just look at mentally ill people. Like, let's try to learn. Like I said, there's positive and negative in everything. So stop looking at their negatives and start looking at their positives, right? They're able to literally, their minds create a whole new world for them that is completely different from everyone else. So why can't we do that right. for ourselves in a positive manner? You know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah, that's something that that I admire a lot about these. I would say I admire the people who manage to flip that switch of belief mm-hmm. without anything terribly wrong going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because all the biggest success, success stories, they start off with a, a massive hill they have to climb, yes. like Sisyphus, yes. you know? Yes. But, but, and, and then, you know, like someone in their family dies or, you know, they watch their mama get mom get shot in front of them. And it flips the switch. Like just the, the, the worst things possible. And it flips the switch. And then they go on to make a million dollars and start a beautiful chair. Exactly. But I think I think the ones that aren't being televised, the ones that are not on the radio, the ones that no one talks about, 
that I think are, if not equal, but maybe more. even more, yes. the the ones that can flip the switch, you know, on a, on a Sunday walk, yes, uh, with everything going their th- way, yes, med- mediocre their way, yes. you know, nothing went terrible, and then they just managed to flip the switch, and then the rest of their life it's changed. Yes, dude, those are the true. I mean, bro, like a perfect example. Bill Gates, right? Let's just talk about that man for a second. Like, Bill Gates was born into a life of, I mean, semi-luxury, you know? He was born to upper-middle-class parents, and they could afford his, you know, tuition to Harvard and everything. And Harvard was the first university with with a computer program, um, with a computer on its campus, I believe. (laughs) And so, yeah, so he was, you know, like, he he, his whole life, he grew up privileged, but it kind of goes to that whole... Subject. I was actually speaking of heaven. <laughs> I was just talking with him about this today, bro. It's like noblesse oblige, right? I just told him about this concept, noblesse oblige, which um, it's like the obligation of the noble, and um, it was a concept in like the Middle Ages and stuff, where like you know, if you're noble, you're supposed to give to the poor. You know, you're supposed to be, uh, you're supposed to be humble. You're supposed to help people. You know, and um, and kind of, I kind of carried that into like noblesse artiste. And in that sense, I mean, we can kind of carry, sorry, not no best of artiste, artiste oblige. And we can carry, you know, like the obligation of the artist to help all the, everyone else kind of um, come intact with their own feelings. But on top of that, man, it's like, it, it just carries out throughout everything. It's like, if you have, if we have these blessings in life, because like, let's, let's be real, dude. If we're, if you're living in the U.S. and you have, a roof over your head and you have fucking clean water you're you're better off than half of the world you know what i mean so more right. than half of the world so in, in in that sense like you have an obligation to just you know like like carry that and like and like have that positive perspective so that you can bring the true change around the world you know and it goes back to bill gates like he had this like awesome upbringing and stuff and you know everyone has issues i can't even you know, I, I can't imagine what issues he's had, but he was able to make the best out of his situation. And now he's, you know, he's giving up over 90% of his fortune to charity once he dies. And, you know, he's helping out the world. And that's just an inspiration for me, man. It's like, you know, it, it's not started Definitely. at the bottom. Now we're here. It's, we started here. Now we're fucking help, helping the whole world get here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, so, as we come to a close, we have my favorite couple questions left. Yeah. I want to know, what does it mean to be a creator in your eyes? And what responsibilities does that entail? Bet. That kind of is perfect, you know, because the last question, I kind of answered that a little bit with the noblesse oblige. And I kind of switched that into artiste right. yeah. oblige, you know what I mean? Like, as an artist, as a creator, you have this obligation to others to truly help others like just dude in this world that we live in not even just in this world that we live in nowadays just always as humans it's like we're constantly told to shut down our feelings and shut down what we're feeling that you know we shouldn't be feeling this and oftentimes that leads to isolation because we see like tv and we see media and we see all these portrayals of people just constantly being happy and like not having any struggles or anything and it's like i think as an artist it's our job to show people that like it's okay to have the pain 
and it's like it's okay we all feel this and it's like you know it's okay and on top of that it's also it's good to be happy too it's like I think as an artist your obligation is truly to show people that we can celebrate life in all its aspects you know no matter what it be it's like life is worth celebrating life is beautiful you know no matter what because you can have sad songs that are beautiful you can have really happy songs that are beautiful but it's our job is and not even just sad songs sad movies sad stories sad poems happy poems happy stories happy movies whatever man whatever art artistic um form you're 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 outputting your your thoughts through you know it's 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 important for us to be able to to let the world know that life is beautiful and we can celebrate it in all its forms yeah well said thank you man well said Ben. last one for uh i'll let you plug your social media and where people can find you what does happiness mean to you oh that's a good one um i think this roots back into the whole sisyphus story um you know like i said sisyphus it's camus albert camus said we must view sisyphus happy viewing the flowers on the way up and um i think it relates to life just completely in happiness itself because dude happiness is not like a place it's not in a location it's not somewhere it's not an objective it's not somewhere you're gonna get it's just it's a mindset you know and it i have like this like heaven very kind of not having the person (laughs) but having the place (laughs) Heaven, the place. (laughs) So heaven, you know, like in the Bible, it says that you know, follow Jesus Christ and believe in Jesus Christ and follow Him, and you will reach heaven, right? And if you don't, you'll be in hell. And I take that as more of a mindset thing. You know, it's like, who is Jesus, right? Like Jesus was, Jesus. First of all, he's pretty much the only, um, the only true incarnation of god as a man right in um in contemporary religion and so it's like it's our example of god coming down to earth and 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 god is love right so it's like it's 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 the it's the personification of love and so if you can personify love and you can turn the other cheek you can help the poor you can clean the feet of uh, all the sinners around you then you know you can that's heaven man that's when you reach heaven which is just happiness you know heaven is happiness in a way it's 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 being able it's helping others and realizing that like life is always going to be a struggle so you got to just make yourself happy and make others happy around you and that's going to lead to ultimate happiness you know most definitely i think a lot of people can take a lot away from what you said Facts. I hope so, so man. I appreciate that, bro. Hey, yeah, hey, it's all in the questions, my brother. It's the framework is everything, dude. Definitely. Thank you for that. Yeah. For sure, bro. And uh, happy we've been able to bust out all these questions. I mean, solid, solid answers as well. So, as we come to a close, where can people find you on social media? Where can people listen to you uh, and follow your journey? Facts, bro. I appreciate everything. Yeah, man, dude, this has been really awesome. First of all, man, I really appreciate you having me on, Brandon. Um, you're a great dude, bro. And uh, I hope people 
are going to keep listening into this. I know people are going to keep listening into this. I'm going to definitely keep pushing this, bro, for you. And, uh, yeah, let me know whenever you put out new podcasts or whenever you put out new content, bro. Let's get that email list going. And um, on top of definitely. that, um, well, people can find me at, uh, what's it called? So Instagram, it's at the boy loco with a K at the boy loco with the K and um, on, on Spotify and Apple music and all that. And on YouTube and stuff, you can find us Sebastian Girola for right now. G U I R O L A Girola. And, um, but you're going to be able to find me in the very near, like I said, October 30th, I'm putting out my first single is boy loco. Um, it's just going to be boy loco with a K. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, so that's where you'll be able to find me. And on top of that, my website, if anyone is interested in engineering and mixing or recording services or mastering services or production services or features as well, I have all that information and prices listed on my website, which is SebastianGirola.com. That's Sebastian, G-U-I-R-O-L-A.com. And, uh, yeah, man, that's the social media shit. Brandon, you've been fucking great, bro. I really appreciate this, dude. What I have one question for you. What's your longest podcast? Yeah. Longest podcast. <laughs> I, th- I think we broke it. I think we broke it.